0: Grocery shopping can be a hassle. It's expensive, time-consuming, and outdated. I'm ready for things to change. That's why I download the free Fetch mobile app and join the movement to reinvent grocery shopping. Fetch saves me time and money on the items I buy every week. I can create lists and favorite deals, which are automatically applied at checkout. The Fetch system will even search for coupons for the items that I scan. Like this one. It's that easy.
1: That means not just coupons for fruit cups and detergent, but things I actually want, like chips and beer.
0: And even better are the loyalty points, which are instantly added for the items that I buy. I don't need to check bottle caps or enter codes online. I used to go over my budget and never knew how much I was spending. Now, thanks
1: to Fetch, I can keep track of my total as I shop.
0: The best part about Fetch ExpressLand No waiting in lines.
1: So what are you waiting for? Download the new Fetch app and start saving time and money. Get yours now from Google Play or the Apple App Store and shop smarter.
0: today with a very special guest. Her name is Ann Allen. She's a grief recovery specialist and she's also a Reiki master. How are you doing today, Ann? I'm doing great, thank you, dear. How are you doing? Doing well. I know that your expertise is greatly needed today because so much is going on with COVID-19. Death and things are just going crazy. So, I would like to just start off talking about grief with you and loss and what they are and how they can impact the listeners lives. Well thanks,
1: yeah that's always a really good place to start because you know a lot of people think they know what grief and loss is and I understand you know we not something we usually have to deal with every day but it helps to give us a little bit of a a guide to know what it is uh, when it shows up in our lives. So if we look at grief itself being the normal and natural emotional reaction to any loss that's significant to us. And I'm going to say that again. Any loss that's significant to us, that's really important because a lot of us will not acknowledge Uh, Grief when it shows up in our lives because we might be trying to run away from it or just not dealing with it But if it's significant, it really will uh, take a toll as we go along and it actually just a little by the by It's actually from a Latin word and it means to weigh down or make heavy and I think that pretty much coins What grief is so loss on the other hand is the change in or end of a familiar behavior or pattern related to a person, place, or thing. Now that's a very long-winded way of saying anytime we have change in our lives, uh, anytime there's any change of identity, location, moving, job, finances, anything like that, That we're used to having a routine or a pattern around and it's significant to us we're gonna grieve and you know there's over 42 different types of losses that we can actually have in our lives so a little bit more than a nutshell but that's what grief and loss really are And there's many many definitions but I just find these two very very helpful for people to wrap their heads around
0: right I know that a lot of people right now are going through divorce again because of COVID-19 being stuck in the house with your significant other every single day and then people begin to argue so let's kind of chat about that a little bit how divorce yeah. is seen as a loss
1: Absolutely. I don't know as far as the stats are concerned, but I've I've done a little bit of research myself as to what's happening. And I know that during the COVID, surprisingly, um, divorce rates have gone down a little bit, but they're still out there and alive and healthy, unfortunately, for some people. A lot of times when we're faced to stay in a a situation and, and meet our fears and and all of the things that aren't necessarily going well in our lives head on, such as in COVID, it's like looking in a mirror. So it's very, very, it's, it's placed a lot of stress and strain on a lot of marriages and a lot of relationships too. Mm-hmm. And I would like to just take a moment and acknowledge the people who aren't in a formal relationship per se. as such as a marriage, there are many people who are in a committed relationship that they've been in just as long as 30, 40, 50, 60 years. So I think we have to bear them in mind as well um, and take them into account when we talk about people ending a union, whether it be formalized, legal, or otherwise. Uh, So what I found, and, and you can sure confirm or deny this for me, but... I'm seeing that there's approximately 2,400 divorces a day. Is that right? Does that sound right to you? Mm, I believe it. <laughs> yeah, well, You know, it's a good indicator. That's about one every 36 seconds. Can you believe that? And then if we're looking at approximately how many people die each day in this country... We're looking at about 7,452 people and that's mm. one person every 12 seconds. Well, mm. uh, Why am I comparing the two? Well, first of all, I don't like to compare losses and I don't like to compare stats, but it's very important to get a grip on this because we're talking about almost half the number of people who die each day are getting divorced each day. that's kind of mind-blowing to me here's a really interesting thing and this is this really helps us to get an understanding of why grief and loss can fill up in in divorce and marriages first marriages are more likely to go for about 41 percent of the time second marriages end in divorce 60 percent of the time you notice it's getting higher and third marriages end in 73 percent of the time so every time we get married our chances of divorce goes up now if we look at that why do you think that might be why do you think our divorce rate goes up as we enter into another marriage
0: personally i feel like if you didn't get it right the first time the chances of you getting it right the second time are going to be slim to none Woo-hoo! as you keep making the same mistakes, mistakes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, oh, you've got it, exactly, because see, look, here's the thing, I, I've done this for over 13 years now, and I've, I've worked with so many people, and I've had so many people who come to me, and they, they've been told all of these crazy things by well-meaning people that, that keep them stuck, really stuck, they're carrying all the baggage from previous relationships with them, so if you're getting married, to just 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 a way to try and move past an old relationship, West, what you've taken all that into the second marriage, and the second one into the third marriage. So it really doesn't surprise me that these stats are so high. But I do want to talk about why divorce can be seen as a loss because it's really not always obvious who it affects. Now, obviously, we've got the the two main players the the two people who are are married, Uh, and then if they have children, then of course children are definitely going to be affected, more so than, than people ever really realize. And then we also have to think about not just the children, but who are the children's friends? Who do the children go to for daycare? Do they go to grandparents? Do they go to, you know, a children's daycare center? So you can see just from that, we're already starting to branch out and having this influence on other people and other people in the community. And pets often are not perhaps identified as being, Uh, fallout from the divorce, but they suffer terribly since you have to decide who goes with whom. And then of course we have the inevitable family and the family holidays, you know, who goes to Thanksgiving, who goes to Christmas, New Year, etc, etc. And then you have not only the family at these holidays, but you have other friends and relatives as well. And then we get to the friends. And now you have maybe friends that were formed before the divorce, so it would be natural that you would go back to that friendship. Or maybe you have friends that you formed during the marriage, and now you have to decide who who's going to be with whom. Is it going to be awkward? Is it going to be difficult? Well, now you can see that, that all of these little ripples in that pond keep going out further and further. And now let's look at the workplace. How does it affect the workplace? Most people, because they have unresolved grief, don't do well in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you a staggering statistic here—really staggering. In 2003, the Grief Index identified that loss in production in this country due to grief was how much? Do you think you can guess? I mean, just just throw out a number. See if you can guess. A billion. <laughs> keep going girl keep going <laughs> so if this was in 2003 mind you so what nearly 18 years ago this was from the grief index the amount of production that is hampered by unresolved grief and that's in, whether it's death, loss, divorce etc it's 75 billion with a B wow. of dollars mm. yeah. and while It's over $100 billion now. That's just our lost revenue because we're showing up every day to the workplace or whatever it might be, and we're just not coping. We don't know how to move forward from this loss. We don't know how to deal with divorce because, as you can see, there are so many things, so many many little tentacles that go out from the main players that can really affect our lives significantly. So basically, people really need to learn life skills and how to cope with loss, and it's not something we're normally taken you know, away to a class where we show how to do that. And one of the sad things is we're often slapped with a label. Now, we're often given, oh, so you're a say, Oh, okay, yes, well, you've had a divorce. And we keep hearing that word over and over again. And unfortunately, when we get that label, it then becomes an identity for us and we can often get stuck in it. And that just causes more suffering, isolation and pain. Mm. And then there's a comparing of the losses of, uh, oh yeah, I know what that's like when I had a divorce. Well, you know, do you really? Do you know what the other person is feeling? How can you possibly say, you know, how somebody else is feeling? Mm. Just because most people don't have a good divorce a lot of people assume it's the worst now i am probably one of the most luckiest people ever i've been divorced twice in my life and i have to probably both of my divorces went so well <laughs> and i'm so grateful we actually sat down and drank some champagne and toasted and split up we didn't even need a lawyer you know we just did it all it was just so amicable and we just decided who got what So, you know, I'm an exception to the rule. I understand that. But my point is most people aren't. And there's often by the time we get to the date of divorce, there are so many things unresolved. So many things that haven't been finished. So many things that haven't been fixed. So many things we haven't been able to say in a safe place. So we're taking all of that and we're taking it into another relationship. Hmm. So how can it not be doomed? Right. I know
0: that you mentioned that a lot of times labels, people talking about you can keep you stuck. What are some other things that you believe keep people stuck in relationships?
1: When people are hurting, we want to make them feel better, right? Mm -hmm. It's the first thing that we often want to do. It's like, we just want to take that word away because most humans are compassionate and kind. And so you'll find people will say things, well-meaning things like, oh yeah, you know, I'm going to try and take the pain away and I'll give them a little bit of hope at the same time. So one of the first things you often hear coming out of somebody's mouth is don't feel bad. Now, I just, Say to people well why not your heart is probably broken but you know this is so ingrained in this it's children it's something that goes back till the time when we were building as well and it's usually one of the first things that people say to us don't feel bad but you can't help but not feel bad so when you're feeling bad and someone's telling you not to feel bad you often end up thinking there's something wrong with you and that's why people will get this, this annoying verbiage that I wish we could just strike out of the dictionaries when they say I'm broken it's like no you're not broken but your heart probably is mm-hmm. so don't feel bad even though we mean well it actually causes a lot of conflict with people because they are feeling bad and it doesn't matter how much you tell them not to you're going to mm-hmm. um, another thing is we always get messages all the time to replace the loss so what's one of the things that we see happen most often? We have maybe a cat dies or a dog dies in the family. You know, mom's tired of little Johnny banging on the bedroom door, Sally's going off crying, little Billy won't talk to anybody, and she's pulling her hair out, and Dad says, don't worry, we'll go down to the pound on Saturday and get another dog. So they bring back the the dog or the puppy, everybody's happy they've got this new dog, but then before long, the realization sets, and hmm, I can't love this animal the way that I used to, so they can't relate to it. And exactly the same thing happens when we are entering into a relationship because most people say, oh, don't worry, there's plenty more fish in the sea and, you know, in about two or three years you'll be married again or in three months you'll be dating. And by the way, I don't know where people get these numbers from. (laughs) I think they just pull them out of the air. (laughs) There are no numbers. And so we keep getting the same reinforcement there all the way from childhood through to adult, but we can just replace the loss and then you'll hear people saying something like oh she was never any good for you so now we are not only dealing dealing with okay don't feel bad and uh, you know there must be something wrong because I'm feeling really bad my life is just total chaos right now and now I'm being told oh okay I just go out and get another boyfriend girlfriend wife husband whatever it is and everything will be fine but it won't mm. and then I'm going to get you to finish this sentence for me if you would dear what did you hear as a child growing up, if you are going to cry, go to your room, yep there you go, <laughs> so what were you told right from an early age, don't feel bad, but if you're going to cry, go to your room, we don't want to see it, uh-huh. so do you see how right from that early, early age we're being told how to handle our grief and the one thing that we really need more than anything is to be able to talk about it and not to be isolated about it. So it's a very strong message for people as a child or as an adult, go to your, go to your room, read the room. And then we do it the same with adults. You see someone coming and you know, they've had a loss or they've they've gotten divorced and they go, I don't want to say, oh my gosh, what do I do? What do I do? And we, we avoid them, right? Or we start changing the subject. And then before you know it, people realize, I really can't talk about this. I really can't share my sadness. I really can't find any outlet for this. So I'll just keep it to myself and I'll just go around and say, I'm fine. So you've probably seen that a million times or heard that a million times when you hear people saying, I'm fine. Mm. They're really not. They're broken, but they don't know what else to do with the pain. Right. And then there's another thing that we often hear, all time heals all wounds. And I'm sure you've heard that many times yourself. Yes. Well, I can tell you, I've worked with people 30, 40, 50 years they've been carrying around the pain on their back. Waiting and waiting and waiting. I had a, a client that I worked with and uh, he was telling me, you know, my dad died and I was told by my uncle that I had to wait two years and I'd feel better. And I looked at him and I said, okay, so how's that working out for you? And he said, well, it's been three years and I don't feel any better. That's why I'm here talking to you mean this guy literally thought after three years he was going to feel better because time helps all wounds, And he was told by an authority that this would be the time. So you can see how it could be so damaging. Again, we're trying to take pain away, but we're forcing people into a place where they can't talk. And then, of course, the, the most important thing I really want people to remember here, grief doesn't have an expiry date. It mm. really doesn't. What doesn't? Another one we keep getting told is be strong for others, and you'll see this coming up over and over again, right from the chart time you're a child till you're an adult. We'll hear, let's say, there has been a divorce or there has been a death or something, and you'll often see children taking on the role of the caretaker because someone said, well, you have to be the little man now, or you have to be the little woman, and kids will take that to heart, and they really believe that that's what they have to do. And this doesn't happen in every circumstance, but it sure can have. So that's a very, very common thing. You're being told to be strong so now you have to front up and if you're a child, especially now you don't get a childhood because you're taking care of other people. Mm-hmm. And parents will often say to me, and I have to be strong for my kids and I say, well, why? And they'll say, well, if I'm not strong for my kids, they'll see me cry, they'll see me break down, they'll see me lose it. And I say, well, why? What, what difference does it make? Well, I can't do that. I've got to be strong for them. I've got to put on the I say, why? (laughs) I really make them sit down and think about this statement. Because what I want you to understand, if you are a parent and you have children, you are modeling behavior for your children. You're showing your children how they should act and react to grief and loss in their lives. Now, is it really what you want them to do? Is this really how you want them to behave? because you're sending them very strong messages. So being strong for others is actually being able to sit down with your kids and showing them your vulnerability, showing them it's okay to cry, telling them it's okay that they feel sad because you feel sad as well. And talking about it as a family, you have far more chance of healing your family than if you're trying to put on a a brave face and be Superman or Superwoman. It just doesn't work. Because I'll tell you, you probably remember from, from your own childhood that you already know your mom and dad aren't um, superman or superwoman or whoever it was that raised you and then the last one that i like to talk about is keeping busy well you know what people have actually literally died from keeping busy and again they will try and distract you they'll try and get you to take your mind off they think they're helping you. But at the end of the day, what happens? You're still alone with your broken heart and probably a couple of tattered band-aids over it where the heart used to be because you can't even find your heart anymore because you're hurting so much. So keeping busy might be nice. It might get us through the day and it might help us for a little while, but it really doesn't melt to a hill of beans by the end of the day. We're not taking action. Move forward. Mm-hmm.
0: Everything you said is so true. And I know that people who are listening to us right now, they're dealing with so many different issues. Everything from housing, losing homes, jobs that are gone, spouses that may have passed away, children who have died. So then what are some good things that you can tell them that will allow them to help themselves through these times?
1: Thank you. That's, that's really a really wonderful question by and I really like to remind people, you're human. Please, just remember, you're a human. First of all, please, please don't consider yourself as broken. You're not, you're grieving, your is probably broken, or you're probably completely overwhelmed by a set of circumstances beyond your control. So meet yourself where you are. You may have just had a recent loss. You could have had many losses. And here's something to consider, too. Every time we have a major loss in our lives, it will have like a domino effect and it will actually trigger off all of the undelivered communications and the unresolved grief from previous losses. So just bear that in mind. Every time you have a loss, it can be multiple losses. So it might be just a recent loss, it could be many years ago, but either way, there will probably be a lot of pain if there are undelivered communications around that loss. And I want to just say briefly here what we're talking about are the different things that we wish could have been in the relationship, the better things, the more time we could have had, all of the unrealized hopes, dreams, and expectations around that relationship or that person, place, or thing, all of those things will come up for us as well. And then just be gentle with yourself. Please, just be mental. No one's expecting you to solve this. No one's expecting you to wake up in the morning and suddenly be miraculously fine. You're not going to be. You're going to be going through pain. You're going to be going through suffering. But most importantly, you can't take that pain away unless you actually do something and actually take some action. Mm-hmm. And then be very realistic. Be very, very realistic. You know, is this loss preventing you from fully really showing up and engaging in your life? Is it stopping you from enjoying your life? Is it stopping others from being able to live their lives around you? And do you need help? Those are the things I really want people to be thinking about and really taking the Natan and seeing if they fit with them.
0: Well, this has been wonderful. How can they get in contact with you if they're interested in more information? I'm
1: kind of old fashioned I like to just pick up the phone and talk with people. So my phone number is 360-721-3433. And they can also go to my website, healyourgrief, and they can see through that there is a 30-minute free consultation. They can uh, schedule a time to talk with me, see where they need the problem from their lives. But from
0: there. Sounds wonderful. What I'll do is put your phone number and your website address in the description box below so that they have your contact information. I thoroughly enjoyed this interview. It was just wonderful. And I know that anyone who decides to utilize your services, they're going to really benefit from the information that you're presenting. I can feel the energy, even in the conversation, <laughs> the healing
1: coming through. I get kind of passionate about it because I, I, I get to see, when I get to see people getting back into their lives again to have some purpose and hope again, it makes me so happy. It's not therapy, and that's what I love. It's a totally different way of looking at things that people have they never even thought about before, and it's, it's always so successful, so it makes me really happy to be able to help people and to offer this to them. The best radio station in the world, in the world. is right here, right now.
0: The Golden Race, conscious radio for the conscious community.